Hello, and welcome to Aging Well, Finding Beauty in the Gray. I'm your host, Hugh Willard. Aging Well is a podcast for everyone in or approaching the retirement years. There's a lot to unpack here apart from the financial planning component, and we'll do just that. We'll explore new interests, priorities, and goals, and finding purpose for ourselves and in our relationships. Join me each episode as I share stories and chat with guests learning to live their best next act lives. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Aging Well, Finding Beauty in the Gray. I am happy to have as my guest today, Nancy Ruffner. Nancy, in her former life, was a legal and financial specialist with a global EAP company. Since that time, she has pivoted, and she now does coaching and consulting. She is a board-certified patient advocate. She is an aging expert. She is the founder and owner of Navigate NC, and you'll get this information again at the end, but it's NavigateNC.com, and she will tell you all about that, and we're having our conversation today, and this is coming on the heels of the last podcast where we had Pippa Cutter Humphrey, and she was uh, very helpful for us in sharing her experiences as a licensed clinic, clinical social worker and her work with hospice or transitions and bereavement. So this is a bit of a, a piggybacking on that, but coming at it from a different angle, a very important conversation for us to have today. So I'm delighted to have Nancy with us. Nancy, welcome. Thank you for joining us. My pleasure. So why don't we start out with you telling us a little bit about Navigate NC, what it is, what you all do. Sure. Navigate NC is a patient advocacy consultancy. Uh, we manage complex healthcare cases. Uh, it is uh, elder care uh, on steroids, if you will. Our capabilities include medical navigation, uh, legal, financial, housing, uh, insurance, and support. Uh, very holistic approach. People usually find our agency when they're navigating change. They're stuck. They're stymied. It's their first foray, uh, and we help. God, we journey with them through healthcare processes. I like to say that we we travel from home to hospital to rehab to home, and sometimes a new home. Such an important resource. I I think about um, conversations I have personally and professionally with folks where we can prepare ourselves intellectually. We can read, we can, we can look at different resources, but when you cross that proverbial threshold and you are then in an actual experience, it's a whole new ballgame. It's a whole new territory and it can be daunting and overwhelming and so, so important and so good to have able-bodied folks by your side, able-minded folks, um, to help out in that whole process. Absolutely. I call that period of time uh, when you're inside the kaleidoscope, because right. just when you think it's coming into focus, it will change. And it's very different when you're in it, even for us as professionals. When I was inside the elder care with my own um, parents as they aged and changed, it was different. Mm -hmm. It was different. And so sometimes serving as a not only somebody that is familiar with healthcare and navigation and aging, 
but it, it helps to it, it helps to have an outside third party to bounce things off of because you're in a situation where it's you can't see the forest for the trees. And sometimes looking to somebody on the outside can give you that outside view or that 10,000 foot view right. uh, is very, right. very helpful. Sure. And so you've been doing this with Navigate NC for, well, 2013, do the math here. We're bumping up, uh, I guess, nine-ish years. That's right. Uh, the industry itself is very, very young. Uh, patient, independent patient advocates were only really became established in 2009. And we were born of the need for somebody to uh, go beyond the hospital. You know, when you're discharged, there are patient advocates in the hospital who do great work, great work. But when you're discharged, they stay there and you go, where? And right. so it, uh, we were born of that need uh, for people to, who are navigating on the outside. It's, a, again, a young industry created largely of nurses and social workers, and we remain largely so. However, now there have been other professionals who have joined the ranks, and among us, we do have uh, attorneys, paralegals, physicians, family nurse practitioners, pharmacists, uh, um, and other ancillary healthcare professions that have joined the ranks. The mm -hmm. board certification came about in 2018, uh, and it took a few years to develop that, and um, sat for my exam when it was first offered in 2018 and became one of the first in the nation to earn the board certification. This is the board certification patient advocate. And so, yes. uh, yeah, and you, of course, are in central North Carolina. And as you describe this as a, a nascent and a, a budding industry, um, I, I suppose that there are going to be uh, there's going to be probably an uneven uh, coverage of of resources as we go across the greater country and internationally uh, as this uh, is, is just sort of getting going. You're correct there. Um, we have now some college curriculums and um, private curriculums to, to train toward um, patient advocacy and, and that's been helpful. But board, board certification right now, uh, probably right around uh, 1100 in the United States. Okay. There are more people than that performing patient advocacy services, but the board certification stands at around, uh, I'd say, 1,100. Uh, there's different kinds of advocacy, too. My agency, Navigate NC, works with uh, a lot with elder care and chronic care because that's what was presenting. That's what I was familiar with. And as a patient advocate, we, we niche just like any other small business. We find what we work best with, who, who we best serve. And, but you will find patient advocates who are um, involved in cancer care or just medical billing, insurance disputes and appeals. That's their Oh, jam. my goodness. Right. Um, yeah. There are folks who are working legislatively for change and um, with, with much success post-COVID to getting some regulations changed. And um, it, most of us, though, are, are adept at working helping people go through this wacky healthcare system that we've got. And we've worked on the inside. We understand where they're coming from and we understand right. where our patients are coming from and we guide them through. Carol Abaya is uh, someone who is credited with coming up with the term sandwich generation. And I know, I know that you've, you've referenced that before. And 
and and she expounded upon that and and expanded upon that as well and and riffed over to things like uh club sandwich and open face yes. sandwich uh, yes. to speak to the many different um, iterations and, and characters of caregivers sandwich generation for folks who may not be familiar. I think many folks are, but if you're not familiar, that's the idea of folks who are most likely in middle age ish and they are involved in care for both children who are still in the home as well as parents, um, elders, that they they've sort of they have to split their their time and energies between the two, and and we know certainly there's different configurations of that, and it can certainly be more the just the elder care, um, particularly as um, opioid crisis and COVID nineteen notwithstanding, we know certainly that um, uh, life expectancy has been rising for folks, certainly in the United States and I think across many of uh, Western cultures. So uh, has been rising, which creates this different shift in dynamic in terms of the needs for folks as they live longer. And so, so yeah, you all are, go ahead. There's another one that I would add add to that. You know, aside, uh, thank you for bringing up the sandwich generation, the club sandwich. that's when the when that's when you're deal, you're caring for your aging parents and minor children and or your children may be adult children and they have minor children. Yes. Uh, but there's a we're also another dynamic is um, you know we're having less children these days. There are more solo agers and that's a population uh-huh. that I, I that's a pet population for me because I like to say I are one. Uh, I am someone who is unmarried, who does not have children, and I need to especially plan. I'm not going to have the built-in caregivers that a family affords. And so it's important that folks who are aging alone, solos, as many of us like to be called, uh, that we we prepare careful planning uh, that and it affords some some wonderful flexibility in that we get to choose our family and uh, right. that we can choose our team. We can educate about ourselves about who we want on our team. Then we can find and, and, and they've got a pass muster with us. And, yes. uh, and, and then we form our team to move forward uh, comfortably in the future. So important, so important. And I'm so glad that you brought that up. So can you tell us, um, you, and you're given the overview for patient advocacy and, and patient care and the, the different um, uh, contexts in which that would fit. C- can you give us a little bit more of the nitty gritty without getting too sort of lost in the weeds with this, but can you give some examples of the sorts of things that people come up against that really are important and to have that extra support and aid can be so critical when they're in these difficult circumstances? Well, I will say that all too often people call us um, too late. A lot of times it's mm. there. I'm late joining what uh, already joining this program already in progress. Right. Um, right. You know, people will call us when there is often great need. Uh, somebody's changing. There's been an accident. Someone, a partner has passed. I'm getting discharged from the hospital tomorrow at three. Mm-hmm. Um all kinds of different situations in which they present. I want a second opinion. They're trying to push me out of the hospital too soon. I'll never make it at home. I don't have anybody at home. Um, 
they and they call us for um, insurance issues as well. Um, right. Because when the bills start coming in and you're not in tip top shape, it's a uh, it's it can create more stress and exacerbate whatever's going on with you. So we do, as you already mentioned, we do you you cut across the issues that are legal in nature, that are um, insurance related, that are the the straight on health care um, and and you know, sort of follow up uh, post discharge uh, pre discharge those sorts of things care um, community sports resources so you guys really cover the gamut we have to know it all um, we have to know the the community resources and, um, and 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 have an idea of what those resources would be if I'm not in North Carolina, say I'm looking in Iowa for somebody um, or Orlando, I need to be able to find those resources. I need to, to understand that they're different. Even within in our own state, we may have resources in an urban area that are not in rural areas, sure. but they do things differently. It is my job sometimes to uh, build that team around somebody who is um, working, who's living in a rural area. And it's kind of a catch and release. You know, I'll yeah. build it. Uh, find it because there's always somebody who's doing performing a lot of that function and right. a lot of times it's just and then advocating for um, the social services that we can mm -hmm. all plug into yes. or veteran right. services yes my goodness i'm listening to you and and my mind is going to this this giant venn diagram with all these overlapping systems and circles and cycles and no question the need is there uh, for for any of us and, and and many of us well I don't know I'll just a number of us may have um, deliberately and with care cultivated a, a, a really healthy support system and with forethought and planning have those things in place but it's it's unfortunate that for many that's just not quite uh, up to par or up to speed and and so again to have these resources is so critical well you're you're right there we don't talk enough and part of part of our uh, mission is to bang that drum and let's have the conversation we need to have conversations all along not only about what's this diagnosis and what does it mean to me uh, but um, housing can, can I stay safe where I am do mm -hmm. I need to contemplate a move how much do things cost What's the difference between independent living and assisted living? And it's it's lots of conversations. Also about the legal um, fold-in. Because I came from um, the legal team in an in employee assistance program in EAP, um, I mesh a lot with elder law and estate planning attorneys because to me the uh, the the advanced directives are documents that are going to come into play because those are all about when while you're here as opposed right. to when you're gone right. uh, and you know, we help people to get their legal ducks in a row and explain what are, what are these documents why do i need them how can they help you uh, mm -hmm. and then plug them into resources that can get the documents created and foster those conversations with the people that are designated as uh, agents for instance yes absolutely and you, I introduce you as having come from the background as a legal and financial specialist with an employee assistance uh, program company. And now you're in a very different, well, uh, no, it's not a very different role. Um, it's a different face. It's a different application 
and certainly you could you brought forward a lot of the skills that you just uh, referenced. But I'm interested, uh, as you're able to share, what might have inspired this pivot for you, this change in direction? Like many patient advocates will tell you, um, I had a story, you know, I had uh, my own story with my, my aging parents. And my sister and I thought we were the two best prepared daughters on the planet to assist our parents as they changed and aged and finally passed. My sister was working as the, the program support person for the ombudsman. And I'm okay. working for the legal, for the EAP. And, mm -hmm. and we just thought we got this in spades. And what happened was we, we found ourselves inside that kaleidoscope. And what we found was we didn't know what we didn't know. We were good researchers. We, had, we were impacted by emotion. Um, we were impacted by our parents who were um, moving targets, if you will. They were yes. in a state of change. Right. Uh, and so we had to find out a lot of things real fast. The things, some of the things that I've already cited, you know, how do I find a doctor, a specialist? How, what's this housing stuff? Um, how do, is this covered by my insurance? And on and on and on. Um, and the conversations and the, the it's time to stop driving. And how oh, am boy. I going to get to everywhere I need to go? And who can take mom and dad to their, um, to their medical appointment, you know, can, mm -hmm. who, which of us can accompany. And we lost our vision. Um, and, you know, we, 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 we could see the changes, but we couldn't really acknowledge that they were now needing care. We just were reacting rather than um, um, acknowledging. And it, well, it, we, we were too far in to be able to see. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, the Niagara Falls of money, uh, you know, the outgo, the insurance, the bills were coming in, dad's changing, there's another medical appointment, and, and it was on and on and on, and um, we, my sister and I uh, were fighting, you know, and to the point where we became estranged, and she never minds me talking about this story. Um, it's an important she, one for folks to it hear. Is. It is, because yeah. I deal with a lot, and here comes the killer phrase, I deal with a lot of quibbling siblings. Quibbling siblings, um, yes. Attorneys will call that infighting. Uh, but we we became those two sisters who couldn't agree on care. And I'm jumping up and down saying, you know, we need to move dad. We need he's in the wrong level of care. We need to move him. He, he's falling. And my sister was preserving my father's intellect and dignity. And uh, we both wanted what was the best for our dad. We just had different ways of getting there. And the, 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 the quibbling, you know, we were bringing emotion in, you know, something I did or didn't do on Father's Day when I was 18. I mean, it was still all oh, that sure. baggage comes forward. When, when you slam on the brakes, you know, everything in the back of your car comes forward. There right. we were. Uh, and and it, there were a lot of conversations that had to get us over that and on the same page. You know, mm -hmm. we are on the same page when we, we found that same page and we fostered our um, and facilitated a, a a good aging process for our for our family. And that's wonderful to hear. And it's certainly tragic for the families where they can't come around and, and get to that place of, of resolution and peace out of such a hard experience. And and it is so, so common. It's it was, I had that experience in my family um, related to my mom when she was uh, 
uh, terminally ill. So, and, you know, I think it's just so common and it's so normal to have these experiences because emotions are high and there's so much distortion as a part of that equation and that, that situation. And, um, you know, it's important that folks understand that it's normal. It's very painful. And, you know, it's, it's, that's the reality of it, but uh, to understand that it is normal, you know, I think it's important for our consideration. And as smart as we were and as, you know, best prepared as we were and, and the great researchers that we were, we still relied on outside outside help um, you know it literally took a, a, a third party to say stop focusing on this come over here and focus on that this right. comes first right. then we'll deal with that and to prioritize where prioritize our eyes uh, right. so that we knew what we what, what needed our attention first because we were we were we were stymied yeah and you know and we're 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 getting into the the arena here of the relationships and the challenges that arise some expected some unexpected totally out of left field and so certainly we can talk about quibbling siblings and um and other family members that may be a part of that that whole scene and you mentioned uh, in when you were sharing just a moment ago you brought up a specific example and i i immediately sort of nodded and said oh yes um which speaks to if we're looking at whether there are parents or whomever that we may have some involvement and responsibility for supporting and helping them as as they age and as issues come into to greater uh, just kind of focus for them or 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 presence for them. You mentioned the when is it time to stop driving, and that brings up for me that that really speaks to the I think the the larger issue, which is about the autonomy uh, if we think about our parents or whomever our loved ones are that are struggling the you know that 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 uneven shifting sands that are about you know preserving dignity and and autonomy and hard conversations that have to happen and they can be resistant you know the the folks that are in the care scenario and we're involved and we need to be involved and they can be resistant and so all that just, I think, adds fuel to the fire, the emotion that can make it so challenging and all the more important to have some outside eyes and hands um, that can be a part of helping to guide that process. I do a tremendous amount of, of coaching, both uh, parents and adult children on, on how to talk, you know, how to start the conversation. Uh, tricky lead-ins for uh, you know for difficult conversations. Right. Sometimes the parents will come to me and say, "I cannot get my kids to the table to talk about this." And then other times it's the adult children saying, "I want to talk to dad, but he plays his cards too close to his chest." Yeah, and, the other way around. Um, so we end up facilitating some of these, but there are lots of conversations and, and over and over to to make it normal that these conversations will occur. Even with housing, people say, we talk about, well, um, what about, what do you know? What's your sense of senior housing or aging in place? Oh, I'm not there yet. And to which I quickly answer, let's talk about your there. What does your there look like? When will you know your there is coming? Mm -hmm. And wouldn't it be nice to get ready for that and have um, a loose plan in place to employ when you find yourself there that's a great 
Um, that's a great prompt for folks uh, because so often there is that defensiveness that's just whether they're aware or not that's there. And that's a great way to, to join with them and to have them buy into processing, you know, sort of deliberating, considering um, how to put that together. I love that. Well, the work you do is so important, and we certainly hope folks who are listening to this program, wherever they are, that they may, as a, um, as a function of, of listening to this show today, that they may go and seek out services, even if they're there, to use your words, they're there is not there yet. If, if that makes sense, how I put all that, that and ran all those there's in there, there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for themselves or their loved ones to be equipped, to be armed with information. It's just so vital, so important that, that we are prepared for when these uh, scenarios arise. And as you described a little bit earlier, so many folks, they're, they're caught flat footed. Um, they're, yeah. they, you know, they're, they're in a situation and they're just not they're, they're just not prepared as they might have been. And, and, and of course, that's just a reality for many folks. Many folks have busy lives. And so it's great that you and others like you are there to be supportive. But uh, to, to, to that point, uh, for our listeners, wherever you may be, I, I certainly hope that you may seek out services akin to what Nancy provides with Navigate NC here in North Carolina. Um, but wherever you may be, you may seek that out and, and just see where those services and resources may be. I know that um, Nancy is a resource as well. So certainly there, there, I suppose that could be email or, or online um, message to your website. There's, so there's nancyruffner.com. Mm -hmm. That's N-A-N-C-Y-R-U-F-F-N-E-R. And that will be in the show notes for folks. So you, if you don't catch that here, you can certainly look that up on, on findingbeautyinthegray.com. But nancyruffner.com. And then there also is Nancy's a business that is Navigate NC, which is North Carolina. So navigatenc.com. Lots of good information there that uh, you could avail yourself of. And uh, hopefully you can use as a part of your own preparation. Nancy Ruffner, it's wonderful to talk with you. We appreciate your time and the work that you do. It's so vital and so important, and we're glad that you're, that you're doing it. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity to be on today. You're very welcome. You have been listening to Aging Well, Finding Beauty in the Gray. I am author, psychotherapist, and life coach Hugh Willard. To learn more about this podcast, listen to other episodes, and discover resources related to our guests and topics, please go to our website, findingbeautyinthegray.com. If you have comments or questions, or would be interested in sharing your story with us, we'd love to hear from you. Please reach out to us at findingbeautyinthegray.com. Aging Well is produced by Willow Way Creations with sound engineering by Garrison Locke. Theme music is written and performed by yours truly with Greg McGee and Garrison Locke. Thanks everyone for joining us. We hope you will be with us again next week.